1: Empire.
0: Hello
1: and welcome to my podcast do me a favor if you're watching this on YouTube hit that like button hit that subscribe button if you're into the podcast do me a favor go and subscribe wherever you get your podcast all that would be much appreciated Today, I'm joined by Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch. You can follow him on Twitter at MichaelPRTG. He's on top of the stadium stuff. So give him a follow and give him a read. We're going to get into Chase Young missing OTAs. Is it a big deal? Is it not? We're going to get into Terry McLaurin, the contract discussion. Then we're going to get into, again, in-depth look at the stadium. What's going on? There's the site in Woodbridge, as we all know about. There's also, they they still want to acquire land in Loudoun County. What does that mean? Where? Michael, but Michael and I get into that. And then, will they have enough votes in the general assembly next week to pass a stadium resolution so the state can give the team money? Now, one thing, like uh, Matt Parrish from Washington Times, has a story where he said there he's talked to three or four people who have said that they were previous yes vote who are now no votes. One thing I was—I've been out all week, so I've only been able to talk to a couple people. I did talk to Chad Peterson. He was very vocal against the stadium being built. He switched his vote. I know a lot of people say, oh, this is all about Dan Snyder. Well, for him, it was all about business. He doesn't think it's good business. Luke Torian, a Democrat whose whose district is where the Woodbridge Stadium would be built. He likes it because it is a good business decision for him. So but there are other people and Matt Paris talked to some and I'm sure there are others who will say they don't want to do anything with Dan Snyder, especially as long as this investigation is going on with Congress. So how will that impact all of this? Because it hasn't wrapped up from the last time they voted. So it's still going on. So how will that impact the vote? So I think there's a lot going on there. And I think I did say I hadn't talked to people who, who would say it was Snyder's issue, but Matt Paris did. And I'm going to be talking to more people um, in the next couple of days to see where they all stand. So that's it. Let's get to Michael Phillips and dig into Chase Young, Terry McLaurin, and the stadium. All right. Well, Michael Phillips, America's podcast guest from the Richmond Times Dispatch, just promised me he was going to carry this podcast today because I've been up in Bristol all week. I'm a little bit tired and got a little bit of a scratchy voice. I tested negative. Um, hopefully no,
0: Nobody's more excited than me, though, to see your This Is Sports Center commercial. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that's going to be a treat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, you know, the problem is it'll be like one of our inside jokes. I'm going to say, you know, like, you know, hey, Bowen, I'm going to get a turn around. We're going to laugh and nobody else will get the joke. And anybody listening will not get the joke either. But hey, you got it. And there we go. So the joke might be played well by 10 people in the media room. And that's it.
0: Those and Kimberly, 10 are really going to enjoy Martin,
1: it. Though. Yeah. Kimberly Martin would get it and probably just shake her head. like, I can't believe I used to know that guy. So there we go. So what a way to start. Um, we're going to get to the stadium stuff. You've been on top of this for the entire time. But I want—I do want to start off with some on-field stuff. And we're going to start with Chase Young not being there. I, like I told you before, I was not out there Tuesday. I know he wasn't there. I know he's rehabbing. I'm curious, you know, what's your sen- what is your sense? or what do you think about him not being there this time? A little bit different than last time. I'll get into that in a minute, but go ahead.
0: Super different. He, he's rehabbing an ACL. The only reason this is a big deal is because the coach made it a big deal by saying he expected everybody to show and specific to chase. He was excited to have him for the optional practices this year. And that was after the ACL tear. So this was even when you knew he was going to be rehabbing, it didn't need to become anything. And then it became something. Look, I've said this for a while now. I think Jonathan Allen is the true heart and soul of the defense and the leader. The problem is chase young is your most prominent player, your most marketable player, your most guy who's out there player, the guy who's moving jerseys. And so there's an expectation on him to take that mantle as well. I think the sooner we get to Jonathan Allen as the leader of the defense, not Chase Young, the the sooner we can get to the point of like, okay, yeah, you know, he's going to do his thing. Would it have been nice for him to be there? Yes, that would have been a tremendous boost for everybody. Could he have stopped by for 10 minutes knowing it was the day the media was there and then bounced right after? Yes, he could have done that. Um, But to me, it's only a thing because the coach made it a thing by saying he was excited to have Chase there.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I did talk to somebody else um, who knows some of the players who said the same things. Like, I don't know why he was saying that because there was always that chance. And my understanding, first of all, we know he's, he's out. Last year, I thought it was a bigger deal because he was healthy and he was off in part doing commercials. And again, it's a voluntary session. I always say that. But I'm just talking about from a coach's perspective, why it was a bigger deal. And they wanted him to be there to learn the defense, to go through the stuff they're installing, because I think they felt like some guys were behind when they came in in August. And so I think that's why it was a deal there, but I think, or a bigger deal. And then you're coming off a year where you're the leader and and a face, you're the growing face of the franchise. Okay, this time, I think it's a deal, not a big deal, but a deal in that. We know he's out there rehab in Colorado. He's got to rehab that knee. If he doesn't get that knee right, then him doing anything isn't going to happen this year. So he's got to get it right. Von Miller, my understanding, is, worked out with the same guy. So a lot of guys trust him. We know some of the issues that people have had with the training staff. And I know Al Bellamy is a new head trainer. I actually knew Al back in the day when he was here the first time with Bubba Tyre. I think he's a good trainer, but there's been a lot of mistrust with the trainers. So you can see it from his perspective that he's rehabbing a knee, wants to continue what he's doing. It's going well. But from the coach's end, I think it's some of it is we want to see where you're at now. And, you know, we want to see where you're at on the field with these guys just to see not that he's going to be going in full team stuff or anything like that. But, you know, what I mean, so I think there's like a I can see the sides. I don't think it's the same uproar or shouldn't
0: doesn't deserve the same
1: rapport as last year.
0: And it, it's, as we record this, it is May. It is late May. The mm-hmm. season will not be starting anytime soon. But Jack Del Rio in that interview said, you know, part of the slow start last year was lack of full buy-in at the, these last year. And, you know, because of the schedule, there's zero zero margin for error. You have to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one. And I, I think you agree with me that we both believe they will beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one, and, and then, you know, they'll be off to a flying start. A but there are never any guarantees in football. But anything you do to crack open that door of doubt in the meantime is not productive and could come back to bite you later. And I think it always comes
1: back to when you come back, how how do you, how do are you prepared? And again, I think I had Logan Paulson on one time with, talking about Deshaun Jackson missing OTAs. Well, the difference was like Deshaun knew exactly what he was supposed to be doing. He didn't go out there and make mistakes. I mean, Deshaun has this reputation, but he was a, he's a smart guy and a smart player and he came in in shape and he came in and understood what he was supposed to do. So people are like, okay, that's all we ask. But if you're installing stuff and it's a set, and you're trying to develop something, that's where you start to see, that was last year's issue. I think right now it's more about, Hey, we want to see where you're at with everything. And I think that's so like, there is, like I said, it's a it's a deal this year, but
0: I don't think it's a I don't think it's a big deal at all. Um, yeah, are, are we letting Montez sweat off the hook in this conversation too? Yeah, like I mean, he's kind of more of a repeat offender at this point than Chase. Although I understand he's been in the building some, like he's definitely like he's in the Chase wake. But have we seen enough performance to grant him that superstar status? He's good. He's he's very good, but I, think I don't be think really he good, gets yeah. the superstar treatment yet. Right. No. I mean, who? listen,
1: when you haven't won anything as a franchise in years, who who deserves superstar treatment? Again, the whole key is what do you know and are you coming in in shape and prepared? And, you know, I think I think because there were some issues with the pass rush and in chemistry with that defensive front, I think they want to make sure it doesn't get repeated. And I, I like Montez, I think, has a different mindset than Chase with that. Um, I think Montez works pretty well with John Allen on that right side, so I don't worry quite as much about him. And again, his is a lot about health. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that's you know, again, you coaches always want guys there. They'll never whatever they say publicly. They'll always want like who wouldn't? You don't get yeah. here's the problem with with the NFL right now, and I'm not blaming the players. Again, it's voluntary. I always stress that you don't get on the field much in the preseason. They're not having a joint practice. Um, you don't hit. I mean, the, what's considered a physical practice now was a walkthrough for Joe Gibbs. You know, so it's like you're not getting that same level of intensity, or they're in the and you're not getting the same amount of like padded workouts all like that. So these practice times are precious. So that's why coaches want them there. But again, as long as it's voluntary. You know, then you, then you a lot, then guys, you, you may not like it, but it is voluntary. And so, um, you just, again, if they come in and produce,
0: produce. It That's makes it. you wonder why Tress Way was there. I think you should have sat it out, and said, Look, I'm, I'm carrying this team. I'm good. I'll be good week one.
1: Well, he's the one who probably could because he could just go anywhere and just stick, you know, stick that ball inside the 10 in any field. <laughs> but again, and I stress, like I said, I stress with Chase that a lot of it is for him is, Rehab the knee and get better. I don't think the players are bothered by it with him this time. Just a little sense that I got from talking to a couple yeah. people. And I don't like you, only you only know you don't you never know what the entire locker room thinks. I think a half the guys probably don't even they're like they're so worried about themselves. You think Cornelder is sitting there saying, Where the hell is Chase Young? You know, <laughs> Cornelder is looking at like, What am I going to do to make this team? Yeah, you know. so you know, I think, like I said, a deal, not a big deal. Um, Terry McLaurin.
0: Terry McLaurin. It, Terry, Mc, let, let me just reframe this. So, so this quick. Terry McLaurin not having a legitimate contract offer on the table is a big deal. And that reflects on the team, not Terry McLaurin. I think Terry McLaurin is perfectly justified to say, Holy cow, what do I need to do to show you guys? to put this piece of paper in front of me. And look, we've seen this. We saw this with Jonathan Allen. We've seen this with the way this organization handles things. They wait until the last minute to do A lot of slow playing. A lot of slow play. He's the uh, guy you want to have here. It's a position where every 10 minutes the price goes up. I don't get this. And, and you know, I, it's the way they do business and sure, but why are you not getting a legitimate offer in front of Terry McLaurin as quickly as humanly possible? Uh, I mean, unless, unless it's a bank account issue, I just don't understand this at all. Well, there are,
1: there have, there has been dialogue. So sure. I think, you know, and so I think the sides know who are you copying them to and who are you copying them to? And that's where you're going to, if, if, if McLaurin's side is going to say, well, listen, AJ Brown just got 25, you know, there's, there's the, there's the floor right there, or there's the price. Mm-hmm. And then these guys I know are going to say, but he got traded. So his value goes up because the Eagles have to sign him because otherwise what'd you trade for him for? You know, but then you look, so like, where is it? Is DJ Moore the count, right? You know, from Carolina, he does not make in 25, he's making several million less, or is it somewhere in between? And I think that's where with Allen, they felt like they had a good comp and it made it a lot easier to get it done. I think that's part of the problem here is like, do they agree on who his comp is? And that's, you know, and but again, they slow play J.D. McKissick and almost lost. They wanted to keep Tim Settle if possible, but they really didn't do anything there. Another slow play. So all along, you hear confidence, but you've got to get it done. So if you had... And I can't remember where I was on with, like, what's your confidence level in this?
0: The, out of a 10, what, what's your confidence level that it get done? I've been at an I eight. Still say, I still say eight. I still think they have to get it done so right. it will get done, which is part of why I don't understand why it's not getting done. His value here is immense. And that's the one thing I will say, like,
1: I do think I'm with you on the eight and it's Because you never know, which is why there's not a 9-10. But I do think that there's motivation on both sides. I think the value that one holds for the other, like, they need him really bad because the fan base loves him and you can't afford to lose him. You can't. I think they understand that. I mean, he's been part of the promotional stuff all offseason. I also wonder if Terry's not a little bit more valuable here than he might be somewhere else because of how the fans have embraced him. I mean, he is the guy for fans, and I don't blame him. He's what they want to see. And he they feel like, hey, you got something here, you can't let him go. So I think it will get done. The way this receiver market is that you have to get it done because those receivers
0: are not, you know, they're not cheap. And Terry's the nicest guy in the world. We all know that. But man, if if it doesn't get done and week one kicks off, you're in you you have no choice but to go into the franchise tag spin cycle which never ends well and you just it's happened so many times you see it coming it's almost a three-year just death march on the tag and no, nobody's happy
1: but you're only basing that on kirk cousins and brandon sheriff (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no where are your data points
0: though phillips come on
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know those are it's just two in the last seven years i mean come on um (laughs) but i do agree like and i do think i do think It will get done before camp, but that's just a think, you know, there's nothing right now because I think again, and I also think it's in these cases, again, it's, it's going to take, it always takes two sides. I mean, these guys have to make the right offer, but they also have to do they again, do they view things the same way? That's when it gets a little bit tricky.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go to
1: the stadium talk. Ah, <laughs> Let's do it. So, so as we know, Wild Week, they, they've acquired, you know, they got that land in principal County. Um, and they had said that they still were looking for other land. And you had today, you know, they, I, I remember talking, I'm sure you talked to them the other day too, about, Hey, we want to get some land allowed. Well, then you, today you had that site, the quarry site um, near Dulles airport. And so what's your read on is they have the vote June 1st in the general assembly, right? So what's your read on where this all stands right now?
0: It's shocking how quickly this went backwards because you look at February 15th, it- they hold, they hold the first vote on this. and <laughs> Nothing surprises us anymore around here. I get that. February 13th, they, they, February, they hold the first vote on this, February 15th. It's 32 to eight in the Senate. It crosses party lines. It crosses interest. Virginia is very big on being this. We're a great state to do business in. Um, we, we welcome development. It's, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say it. it's a reasonable price tag, $350 million against a $3 billion development. Like it's not an outrageous ask. Yeah. Um, you know, and now the number is under 300, so it's under 10%. 10% of the project is not an outrageous ask for a professional football team. It's a big development, a, you know, in a state that doesn't have a professional team. And that's something to hang your hat on. All these things, you just think it's going to go flying through. And the obstacle doesn't seem to be any of that. The obstacle seems to just be, it's a bad look to be in business with Dan Snyder right now. Well, um, and, go ahead. Yeah. And, and so as you look at these sites, um, you know, you got the three in Virginia, you got, I, I think, Lown's the one the fans like, and I think Lown's the one I like. As you look at that, it's a great location. It's on the Metro. It's got the lake in the middle. I think there's a lot really going for it. It's near, Dolas Airport and a unit, like there's a lot going for it. It's going to be more expensive. You've left out
1: the most important part. It's closer Closer to to
0: you. So
1: (laughs) Prince William (laughs) Kai, the Woodbridge site is like 70 miles from my house.
0: I think I look closer to the Woodbridge site than you. I I, you probably (laughs) do. Yeah, go on. Yeah. And and so, yeah, that's the most expensive one, though. But I think the Woodbridge site is the one the legislators like more, and I think is an easier sell to to the Senate in Virginia. Um, because it puts more of the state in play, it's an area that wants it. It's an area that needs the development. And you always talk about those things, Nats Park, of course. Um, you know Verizon Center, whatever they call that now. You put it in areas that you want to rebuild um, or build development off of. And, and you know Loudon's doing fine. Um, you know, obviously, you, you know you're in the area, so it's got that bump. But you know, <laughs> you know, nobody's saying we really need to juice up development in Loudoun County. You Got to get those property values up. Whereas in Prince William, you know, that, that could provide a nice bump to the area. So the, the bill gives the team the latitude to pick the site once the bill clears. So I, I think they're pushing Woodbridge to bill across. And then, you know, you try to get loud and, and you make your push for that. At, on the other hand, though, I mean, you would have thought they were dance partners. And, and by next Wednesday night, we could be talking about a one dance partner event. And, and Maryland's not exactly enthusiastically uh, embracing this thing.
1: No, because then they, they, there's not like they're giving them the money. They're going to control some of that development around them. Very much so. And that's not what these guys want. But Woodbridge really is that number one site right now. And, you know, RFK, I know, just as an aside, and RFK is not a viable spot right now. It's not. And it's not we even because –
0: where you push the button and play the little like here's why RFK isn't a viable spot we we yeah. we've said this so many times that no matter how many times i say this on your podcast the first comment on the package is going to be oh they should put it at RFK people would like that
1: yeah and it surprisingly cuz about a million people are going to listen to this so you know you still think but but yeah no in that cuz it's it's federal government owns the land the city would like them there the team would like to go there oh, yeah. but the government has to either give them or sell the land or lease or lease to them And then the DC council has to agree to things. There's so many hurdles to this. It's not like everybody just says, okay, you know, let's just give them the land and move on. It's not going on. So that's not the viable option. One thing I did want to go back to about being in business with Dan. And I bring that up because I did talk to Chap Peterson today. Chap Peterson is a state Senator from Northern Virginia. And he created, if you want to see what he he put out a statement that, you know, you wrote, sorry, I put something out on Twitter.
0: Wild, wild statement.
1: It is. And, you know, I will say, like, he he was a Red Sea season ticket holder, gave up the season tickets. I even talked to him earlier this offseason about this and how the team just wasn't the same for him anymore after the name change. And after a lot of stuff, he just kind of lost his verve for the franchise. But for him, again, go look at the statement on Twitter if you haven't seen it, but he really came out strong against it. But and he said that it may, you know, he he's worried that in five years they would up and leave if it's not viable. I don't think that would ever happen. But. For him, and I even asked him, like, how much of this is about Dan Snyder versus anything else? He goes, it's, he goes, for him, he said, it's just about business. It was just about, he just didn't think it was a good deal because he said that there's not enough people that he's hearing. Like, he said, he hasn't heard from any constituents who want them to push for this deal. He hasn't heard anybody. It's like, I'm not seeing the excitement out in the street. I'm not seeing the bumper stickers or shirts to where you wonder about their support. For it. And then I talked to Luke Torian, who is represents that district, state senator. And I asked him, like, what your motivation, because Dan Snyder's going through all this. And he's like, again, business. Now, I'm sure there are definitely some. Have you heard from some who say, I don't want to be in business with them?
0: Yeah, you know, sir, certainly it, it's bad business to attach your name to. I think this guy is a jerk when you're going to be voting on him next week. But, you know, it's a cumulative effect of, of you know, these investigations and and certainly, um, you know, I'm blanking on the delegate's name, he introduced uh, an amendment, you know, in in the first round to say, hey, you know, here's the money, but if you Know this Mary Jo White investigation comes back with something, right. we can pull it back, you know, a- adding in safeguards against it. What's funny is at the time Chap Peterson voted that down. He said, We're not, you know, it's just business. We're not we didn't right. he said we didn't investigate Jeff Bezos when when we gave him money for Amazon. That's not what we do. Um, which which is why I was, I mean, surprising that statement felt very personal. You know, he, he was a, a man whose team has been taken from him. Well, no, uh,
1: no doubt, no doubt.
0: I want to zoom out, I guess, to to ten thousand feet here, because you've got, you know, you've got a generation of Redskins fans who uh, saw the glory years and are are sticking with this team, and they feel disenfranchised. They feel disenfranchised by the name change, what it's become, and and you know they're exemplified by, uh, you know, you turn on the Comcast post game show, NBC Sports Washington post game show. There's always after a loss, there's always some former player on there yelling, Well, back in my day, you know, we cared, and these guys don't care. Um, you know, and they, they feel that way. They feel the team doesn't care about them. Um, and from a strictly business perspective, if you're Jason Wright, it does not make sense to chase that money because they are generally older. And, you know, while they were fans, they haven't been coming to the games. The attendance numbers prove that out. It, it doesn't make sense to go try to recapture that, especially in this new name era. Then you've got the lost generation of fans. That's everybody, you know, in their 30s right now, their 20s. They haven't seen anything notable at any point ever. Um, they didn't grow up as fans. You, know, you go to a high school now, and I, I this, you know, you ask, you know, your kids' high school friends, what team do you root for? They're just, they're, they're not into it. Like, they're going to root for their
1: dad's team or their fantasy team.
0: Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're no reason. To, and they're not driving to FedEx. That's, that's forever away. You know, it's not what they're going to do on the weekend. So you've lost those fans. You know, maybe you try to, Recapture that energy, but by the time you're in your 30s, it, it's too late to become a diehard fan. You know, and establish those memories. You've almost got to start fresh and reboot this thing. You know, you've got to try to make Commanders fans. Now, it's it's weird to, to have an NFL team in that spot, but it is like an expansion team in a lot of ways. They're in the customer acquisition business, not the customer retention business. Um, you know, which, which is that they need to make some Commanders fans, and I, I think. It's going to be a very difficult task, and it. I, I do think though Virginia is the best place to do that. And I think Woodbridge is a good place to do that because it's an area that hasn't been able to latch on to something and attached to something before.
1: It's also the second largest county in the in the Commonwealth, as everybody will say. <clears throat> but you know, it's funny, Michael, because I grew up in Cleveland. You know that everybody knows that. Well, maybe not everybody, but they do know. The Indians changed their name to the Guardians, <clears throat> but. They look the same, yep. same colors. They didn't they didn't do all this, you know, mat batting helmets and all that, which some of them are look kind of cool, but they didn't change, like they changed the logo. But when you're looking at them, the script is looks the same. <clears throat> They're not moving. And it's like the, you know, wow, they've been successful by and large. So I know there's some people who were turned off by the name change, but when I'm watching them, I'm not thinking like, oh, then it's a new name. I'm thinking like, okay, Jose Ramirez is awesome. You know, or what the hell happened to the pitching? I thought it was going to be good. I don't think it's going to be that easy of a transition. I don't think it will be as – I know there's a lot of people who are listening to – you guys are diehards, I'm sure. But, like, if you want to capture that, you are going to have to build it. And do you think winning – you know, Jack Del Rio tweeted that winning is always enough. As
0: Go check out Jack's tweets. Yeah, Jack tweets a lot of things. Yes,
1: he does. Um, (laughs) Do you think winning will be enough and how much winning will it take to – if they move down there to then generate the kind of enthusiasm that they once had.
0: Well, and I think the design of the stadium is very important too. It's got to be a place people want to go. That's going to have a nice atmosphere and it's going to be bumping. Cause I, I do think this, I think even if these guys make the playoffs this year, which I, I think is very much in play, you know, I, I think a lot of us are going to predict that going into the season. I, I don't know that that's going to be enough. I'm just trying to predict
1: who's going to sit out the final game against the Cowboys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, you know, there's, there's still going to be, um, you know, that apathy because of the FedEx fan experience. And and the one thing we have to say is Dan Snyder didn't build the FedEx field. That's, that's no. not, he, he owns that problem, but it's not his problem that he created. And and so it's very important, you know, atmosphere is so much of this. Um, but, you know, I, I think people are shrugging their shoulders at, Oh, we're going to win 10 games. Oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to make the playoffs or whatever. You know, I think to really bring the excitement back, it's going to take, you know, electric players like, you know, RG3 certainly was. I'd say the last time this town really got behind the team 2012. was 2012, the robbery year, you know, Chase Young could be that guy, um, but he could also not be that guy. Um, you know, Carson Wentz could be a good quarterback. But he could also just be a fine quarterback on, on the way station, you know, to, to whatever's next. It it's to me, it, it it's a cultural thing where, you know, they've just taken so many slings and arrows here that right. it, it's going to take far more than a season or two to, to bounce this thing yeah. back.
1: I think it's going to take some playoff wins too, because yeah. you need, you're going to need to, and it can't be a couple nine and eight seasons. It's gotta be hey you got to go out and win 10 games and then win a playoff game and then win 10 more the next year. <clears throat> Cause that's always been the problem with stopping to start. Like they go out and win the division in 2015 people start to start to get excited and then they lay an egg against the Giants in the finale, like that was you. That was you look rough. at it like that it's almost rough. like a demar- Yeah, you almost look at a, like a demarcation line for this franchise. Like that's one of them because if you could win that, and you you know maybe you know if Kirk doesn't lay an egg in that game, what happens? But he did, so so here we are. But I do think it'll take a little bit more than just hey, they have an above average, above average season to get people back. When I came here, Michael, it was like in 1991. I was here wasn't covering them, wasn't, you know, wasn't a fan of the team or anything like that. But what I liked is the enthusiasm that was in the city for the team. And you could oh, see yeah. how much they captured everybody. And when I was talking to Chad Peterson, he's like, listen, I still remember being in high school in like 1983 and Fairfax County schools canceled school to go so people could go to the parade. I mean, that's how, that's how much they captured them. And, and so like, it's been a long time. They have to do that and they have it. And I think, I hope, they know that it's just not going to be, you can't just say, Hey, it's steady progress. You've got to go out and do something to grab them back in.
0: Yeah. And, and look, I mean, they, the business side has not helped things. You know, they, they treated the fans like an ATM for 20 years. They, they, you know, they did not see this as an opportunity to engage with the fan base. You know, for a long time, was how can we get more money out of you? How can we charge you more for parking? How can we make this experience more profitable for us? How you know, they opened that silly restaurant in one loud that served bad food for thirty bucks a plate. Like you know, they, they just went under in a hurry. Exemplified the era. I mean, you know, how can we make money from the fans? And I. I think Jason writes an incredibly smart guy and I think he knows what he's doing. Um, but I also think that he, you know, and and Ron's the same, let's lump them both in Jason and Ron, both smart people, both every time we talk to them, or it seems like every time we talk to them, you have some version of, Oh, well, we're not, we're not looking to the past. We're going to turn the page forward. People got hurt, man. People soured on this thing. And you you have to acknowledge that before you can move forward. Um, you know, and, and, you know, what we're seeing is I I think the inevitability of this bill in Virginia, um, you know, was was partially because, you know, this team's invincible. They can do whatever they want. The economic development. Once somebody stands up and says no, all of a sudden you're seeing this just run to the door of people. Are, oh, yeah, I'm a no, too. Wait, why am I a yes on this? You know, it kind of it punctures that 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 feeling of inevitability. And,
1: you know, when I talked to Peterson, I even asked him Well, he said. I asked him about the vote that you talked about in the wintertime. He said, I, goes, I, I think that the, the support was, was not as strong as the vote made it appear. He thought it was more tepid, but the number was pretty big. Um, and then the other thing I asked him too, like, okay, what happens if it doesn't pass now? And let's say, cause if it doesn't pass, like I don't know that they're settling on a stadium anytime soon, you know, if it doesn't go, I don't know that they'd go to Maryland. Even though I know some people would love to develop over at PG County. But what if I even asked him, like, what happens if the team goes out and has a winning season and they're pretty good? He goes, I said, would that influence you? Because for him, again, it was more about capturing the community. He said, you know, maybe it would. So I just I wonder. And then plus, like, if they can get finally to the season where the focus at some point, maybe for the first time in a few years is just about on the field you know, the congressional stuff is over one way or another. If the owners are like, hey, we're not going to vote or we are going to vote, whatever. If, well, if they vote them out, it's not going to be over for a few years. I hate to tell people, but it won't be. Sure. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so if you can get back on the field, like a couple of years ago, Michael, during Ron Rivera's first year, I thought we got to that because the stories with Alex Smith and mm-hmm. with Rivera, I thought, like, and I thought they became for the first time in a while, a likable team. So they need to get they need to find a way to get back to that. And, you know, I don't know if the, I don't know if there'll be a likable team because of what, how people perceive the owner, but you know, so
0: I don't know. We'll see. You know, there, there's that feeling of not wanting to buy in on something in limbo either, where, you know, there's just so much uncertainty around everything right. that, you know, you, 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 like you don't want to sign yourself up for that as a fan. If you're a fan and you, you live through it, you know, like, man, I'll have to tell you you're from Cleveland. I, I root for the Kansas city teams. I get that, like sticking through your team in the period of transition and, 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 you know, when, when they stink and all that, but buying in now, like, you know, why would you buy buy into this now?
1: Right, You got to give them a reason. And that's, this season is give them a reason, give them a reason to buy in. You know, you want to capture them again, give them a reason, go out and win those first two games, get people to say, Oh, maybe, and look good doing it. You know, look good doing it, go out, you know, when when those games and then maybe people start to say, Oh, maybe it's a little bit different. So it's gonna be a little, it's never gonna be this big rush. It's gonna to have to be listen in 2012, there's a huge after that year, there was huge excitement going into 13 because of what they did. And you know, I mean there are people picking them to go to the NFC championship game. Because why not? I mean, so yeah, and, and they did
0: I, I, I regret nothing about that. No. <laughs> you weren't did you pick them then? No, no, Paul Woody did though. That was uh, uh, Woody and Jay Reed. That was a wooden man. Jay Reed, Jay Reed, Reed did. I think
1: year. I had him winning eleven. I was off by eight games, so I was close.
0: <laughs> I, I guess my I guess my last point of the Virginia thing would be it's so important to get Virginia across the finish line because you you're, it's one bidder right now. It's just Maryland, right. and that means Maryland's going to call 100 percent of the shots in that right. development process. You got to get a second bidder in there. They, it, you know, we saw Ron Rivera tweeted about it earlier, like, you think that was accidental that Ron Rivera woke up this morning really caring about this Virginia vote next Wednesday in the House of Delegates? Man, this matters. This is, this is a big deal.
1: Then maybe they'll practice in Richmond next week.
0: <laughs> no, it does. And they,
1: they've got to get in. But I do wonder if it doesn't go through now, if they just postpone, not postpone the search, because you're not going to do that, but they can extend their lease at FedEx. So they don't have to be out by a certain time. They can extend it. So, you know, would they do that and let, you know, just see like, hey, maybe if this year goes the way they hope, maybe they'll try it again next year. I don't know. And you know what? It's like, why not cover this story for another year? That would be fun. So we're
0: limbo. That's what we're all hoping we for. More limbo. There you go.
1: Well, Michael, thank you very much. Great insight. People read them on the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Really good stadium um, coverage by Michael. In addition to other stuff, but the stadium in particular. So, Give them a a read, and
0: there you go. Man, I just want to give you your props. Like, you know, because you're you're playing hurt through this. is like hockey, you know, like in in the (laughs) postseason. Everybody's playing with something. Jordan's got the flu game. I I think this is the time podcast uh, recording here. This is going to go down in the books. There will be
1: a 30 for 30 on this in a a few years. (laughs) Trust me. There will be a 30. Because now I'm going out. Like, I'm going back outside right now to finish cutting the grass. So, there you go. And then I'm going to try to have to trim an edge. So, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it all, baby. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, Michael. Take care. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Michael for joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back on Monday, a holiday. But I'm going to be talking to Jay Norvell, who is Cole Turner's coach in college. And I told you the other day that I was going to talk to – that I was going to be played on Friday. But because of the developments this week, I wanted to have Michael on to give you the latest and not hold that to Monday. But you can hear from Jay Norvell and Cole Turner on Monday. Talk to you next time.